Hello everyone, welcome to another podcast episode and today I have with me, I forgot the, what's the English word, when someone comes back, uh, repeating customer or... Uh, <laughs> Return guest. <laughs> Returning guest, that's the word, I just came from work so my, my brain is... Uh, still a little bit scrambled so the returning guest is i have the pleasure to have with me matt if those of you who don't remember matt he has been in the episode i don't know how long has it been like a year no maybe two years yeah it's been it was, a while right it was a while it was a while yeah, so yeah. doesn't so, seem that long but it was <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't seem that probably because i've seen so many of your instagram stories i'm i'm kind of following you all the way together with all of the Taylor Swift posts and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm all informed about you. It feels like you've you've been in my life the whole every single day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of social media. But yep. because it has been a while, let's let's imagine someone doesn't know you. Can you do a like a quick introduction to yourself? Oh yeah. Um so Bo and I met uh, because we both write for Karyology, um, or I write, Bo does amazing videos. Um, and so we kind of got connected that way um, quite a few years ago. Yeah, um, that's true. And I've worked in the apparel industry, outdoors industry. Um, I write for Karyology. I write for a, an overlanding magazine here in the States. Um, and then I do photo video for an off-road company um as well as you know dabble in a couple other things so that's but, the the short of my life but hold on i'm i'm looking at how you described yourself uh, it seems like you're more a writer but in my mind you're more a photographer so what would you say the split is because in uh, my mind you're always the content creator and the photographer man yeah and not necessarily the writer yeah but, no i i I mean, I would say it's more media than than written yeah. word. Um, yeah. You know, the the cariology uh, reviews have kind of slowed down quite a bit, and I've stepped mm. back a little bit from that. But then I've picked up a another writing gig that's usually one article a month um, for a magazine. It's actually a print print magazine out here in the states awesome. um, that just started up. Um, I love print. It's yeah. a shame that we don't have any magazines anymore right yeah. I like the the feel of having a magazine in my hands yeah well that's the cool part is this guy that started this one he's been in the industry for quite a few years he started um recoil magazine and then tread magazine and so he's mm. he knows what's up in that industry and so he started one that's more overland camping lifestyle type type magazine and so i'm just doing like um company profiles interviews you know larger form format reviews on on big products there um so it's been it's been fun to like see my stuff in print and then like actually sure. see my photos in print too you know yeah. so can you a little bit i know it because i follow you but can you explain maybe to someone who doesn't know what overlanding based the definition of overlanding and what is all included in overlanding yeah um, so the shortest definition would be just vehicle-based adventure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some people do it on adventure bikes. Some people do it on like dune buggy type side-by-side -side things. But the, oh. the biggest thing is, um, you know, SUVs and trucks yeah, yeah. And, and outfitting them to travel expedition style, you know, longer distances. Oh, that's cool. I was always under the impression that overlanding is just SUVs. But that's pretty cool that you can do it basically with any vehicle that has wheels Is yeah that correct yeah 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 i mean there's a lot of people that will do you know the whole of africa just on you know motorcycle um you know and they'll oh. have a little tent you know that they bring with them yeah, and they yeah, just yeah. camp next to their bike and everything and they might have a little stove or something that they carry but usually that's like the most minimal whereas like a lot of times here in the states you'll you'll see a truck or yeah, SUV exactly. that's just so overloaded with stuff you know it's like You've got more items to cook mm. with things out in camping than you do at yeah, home, you know. Exactly. So, um, it's a way to spend a lot more money on a lot more unnecessary gear when you <laughs> get down to it. But, um, but yeah, that's the that's the industry that I'm in is kind of the off road so cool. side. I didn't, as I said, I, I was always under the impression that overlanding is purely based on SUV or truck kind of vehicles with with all of the stuff on top. But yeah. now knowing that overlanding is so much more, 
because I am so interested, passionate about motorcycling, I should look into it a little bit more then because, yeah, yeah. because I wasn't aware that motorcycles also are in the overlanding space. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our expos, I mean, Harley Davidson will be there, Yamaha, um, you know, like a lot of those companies yeah. will have bikes there to do um, test rides with like the Yamaha Tenere is a, is a great exactly. starting bike um, for people who are getting into it and stuff. And, mm. you know, you can outfit with a bunch of great soft luggage or hard luggage, yeah, yeah. you know, on the sides and, and carry just enough with you to like go out and have a, a pretty epic adventure. So that's so cool. That's actually a really good segue to my first question, because obviously you started a lot with backpacks and probably walking around and having everything in a single backpack. But I yeah. imagine that it has changed a little bit considering you have a vehicle a four-wheeled vehicle with you so would you say your habits to carry a bag have changed and if so what do you you now consider your everyday carry bag because i would oh, imagine that because you you are not limited to the weight of the bag because you just basically can throw it into your truck or or, or suv or whatever um has it changed and if so, what is your current bag of choice? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for years I bike commuted um, and, oh, you know, okay. so that having something that was one waterproof in case it rained, which we don't get much here, but then um, was comfortable for, you know, I would do 15 miles each way, you know, so it'd be like a 30 mile commute. Um, so I needed a bag with good airflow, good venting um, that felt comfortable for a ride. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was um, a lot of times what I would really look for early on for like my everyday kind of like work bag or something like that. Um, and then as I moved more, like I work at home now. So really, you know, if I carry a bag, it's when I'm going to a coffee shop to work yeah. or something like that. But um, it has changed a little bit because I'm able to, to have something that's more um, utilitarian, I guess, and more like, like I'm a big fan of heritage fabrics, you know, wax canvas mm. is my yeah. like favorite. And so I either I think I alternate between um, I just picked up the go Ruck, the go Ruck GR1 Heritage. Um, it's a 21 liter. And, you know, just for going it's to a coffee bag, shop, yeah. you know, it, it would suck to ride a bike with it, you know, unless you were just going a couple miles. But, um, you know, it's it's a comfortable bag. It carries exactly what I need. And, um, you know, it can take a beating, too, which is nice. Mm. Like it's it's such a great bag. And then. Um, the other one is actually the, um, I have it right here. It's the mission workshop transit, uh, briefcase. Oh, cool. Um, mm -hmm. and that one's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like a soft briefcase. Um, so it kind of just depends on what I'm in the mood for, but those are my two like everyday bags that I kind of, if I do go out, that's what I'll take with me. Yeah. But I feel like reading between the lines, it does seem like that you kind of pivoted towards a different kind of bag because you do not need to ride the bike very far. Because in yeah. my mind, I probably wouldn't use those heritage fabrics like no. wax canvas on being exposed to all of the elements. I know that it is waterproof and stuff like yeah. that, but I probably would opt for a technical fabric yeah. if I would know i would go into a rainstorm and there is mud or stuff like that i probably rather have like x-pack that i can like wipe <laughs> off and stuff yeah like. yeah yeah and that was that was the thing like um i really i really gravitated towards the timbuk two bags um mm. for the bike commuting stuff just because that's what they you know they're a commuting company and so that's, yeah. that's their big thing is is that and so um, I used that one for, for years. Like I had a, a one that was expandable, um, mm. forget the model. It was like the Parker or something like that, but it, it expanded quite a bit. So if I was on the way home and I needed to stop by the grocery store, I could still throw a bag of groceries in there and, you know, carry it, you know? So yeah. it was, it was nice to have, um, but same thing, like if it did get wet or it was muddy or something like that, it was easy to clean. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, the heritage stuff, I, I definitely, especially to like the back panel, just it's it's flat and so there's no mm. air channels there to vent anything so it's 
you just have a solid soaking wet back, you know, anytime you got somewhere on one of those. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, now that mostly it's like, I'll just, you know, I'll drive the truck in or something like that. It's easy just to throw the, the bag in, in there and have the wax canvas, which I've always loved. So it's yeah. nice to kind of be able to carry those. Do you feel like go rock? Um, I know that it's a little bit of a loaded question that might be a little bit polarizing, but <laughs> I feel that back when I started, Gorok was the the best of the best in terms of what I personally wanted and what I was comfortable to pay for. Back then, the bag itself is already very expensive, but yeah. then you have international shipping and custom fees and it was really expensive a very expensive investment for me and back then i felt that it was totally worth it because there wasn't at least to my knowledge not that many competitors that also looked that amazing do you yeah. feel that nowadays where we have so many great brands coming up with so many good designs that also have amazing build quality and considering the technical uh, advantage or the that technic uh, that fabrics have become better do you feel that gorok is kind of left behind in some in some way i mean they haven't changed the design a lot basically the materials are the same do you yeah. feel that there's they kind of left behind and that competitors have moved forward? Um, I think, man, so I don't think they've been left behind. I think it's just because if you if you're, you know, in the carryology group or whatever, Go Ruck is by far one of the most talked about brands in there. Agreed. You know? So mm -hmm. um, I think it's just, you know, years ago, there was only a few quality backpack brands that made high quality bags that could take a beating like that you know and that was their thing was they literally invented rucking and you know exactly. built a bag to carry it you know and so there's now there's plenty of bags that you could go ruck with that aren't go mm. ruck um but you know they've built a community on that side and i think that's where their power really has has and will always stay very good i point. think that there's people who you know not those bags aren't for everybody and mm. you know there's definitely i think a mentality um surrounding those bags and that company yeah. that some people might get turned off with and you know now there's there's so many brands out there that you know you can have a, a brand that has a, a quality ethical background like uh mm -hmm. cotopaxi you know mm -hmm. and you want to support them and you don't mind bright colors um sure. you know or you could have i mean the list of, of amazing bag companies is is massive these days. And, exactly, right? And so, you know, it's, it just really depends because, you know, Go Rook, they've found their niche and, you know, if they expand too far, it's kind of like, well, you know, do you really want a, a Go Rook that's in a VX42 or something like that? Or, you know, do you want a, a, a VX21 Go Rook? Um, you know, like, I don't think that crowd necessarily is into that per se. Um, but you know, like, and I'm sure that there probably has been ones that have been made with those fabrics. I'm just not, <laughs> you know, in the GORUCK sphere <laughs> to know every single fabric they've used. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think they've ever they've been left behind. And I don't think that they will be just because of the community side of what they mm -hmm. do. But I think that we're just seeing a lot more brands come out and find out like that it's not super difficult you know if you have a good business sense you can you can go to vietnam and find a factory to make your bag and and you know make a good margin on it yeah. you know and then from there have it shipped to both europe and the united states and you know make a living off of that and so mm. um yeah I, i think that there's a lot of good companies who have taken um inspiration from the companies who've been around for a long time and and started building their own thing with it and it's cool yeah, to see yeah. I mean, I, I love Gorok. I mean, I have so many emotions for this brand because the GR0 basically started my YouTube channel. I just feel that it 
seems to me, or not it seems, but I wished they would, I don't know, kind of create something new instead of sticking to the same formula. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. I mean, the Jordan or the Air Force One is basically the same sneaker as it's always has been from Nike, but still yeah. the brand ventures out to different styles as well. And I've, I kind of wish to see something new or fresh while sticking to the core root of yeah. the GR series, maybe have a completely different bag. And I would really love that. Maybe yeah. create a second division. I don't know, like Gorok Ice, <laughs> Gorok <laughs> Fire or something like that, you know? Have like yeah. a different division than say like, okay, this is our, I don't know, our X-Pack series. It's all yeah. white and it's different than what we used to make or what we do make with our GR series. That would be so cool. And I, I believe in them being able to do that. I just don't understand why they don't do it. Yeah. It's a shame, yeah. actually. Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe we'll see stuff. I think I think one of the cool things that they do that no one else really does is their uh, SCARS program. Yeah, that's and, amazing. you know, being yeah. able to send something in and pay to have your bag, like, customized yeah. or a unique fabric sewn mm -hmm. on or something like that's that's something that's super cool to see a company take the time to do because like yeah. they can't be making a ton of money on that you know but no. it, it really builds into the community and like people know that they could spend five hundred dollars on a backpack but then spend another couple hundred and make it truly theirs yeah. you know so i think that's um you know especially if you go show up to an event like you could have a one-off bag that people like know about from the community and then you show up to an event and people are like oh like look at that's the bag that's so-and-so's bag you know mm -hmm. and stuff which is it's kind of wild to me so um yeah just uh, uh i think that's interesting that they do that i think it's it's kind of the apple uh system where you where a company creates a product and perfects the product the iphone and is clearly saying okay this is our product and we're not gonna change it with each version just a tiny bit which gives them the advantage of repairing stuff much easier because it didn't change a lot, you know? And I think that's the, the beauty of the GR series. Basically the zero, the one, the, the two, the three, they're all the same. So the, I would imagine that the machinery and the workflow to repair this stuff is much easier and streamlined and therefore, let's say, more viable for a business to um have the scars system because they can i yeah. imagine the the repair process is so streamlined now that it wouldn't take too much time and therefore not too much investment from business perspective to yeah, actually probably. make that uh, a real thing um yeah. but now going going to to something else uh, what's your current no not what's your current what's the bag that amazed you or kind of surprised you a lot within let's say the last 12 months or something is oh. there a bag where you were like wow that's amazing that is quite memorable the last 12 months well let's say the um, last two years if that's easier <laughs> no i was gonna say um the the i've been really impressed with a lot of the matador stuff um oh, recently yeah. um you know it's it's interesting like they're they're actually not far from where i live here um i got to stop by and get a tour of their office and stuff and um get to gotten to know the marketing manager over there which is cool but um their their beast uh i think i have the beast 28 um the packable bag and that one's just um it's super it's super interesting, you know, because it it's lightweight. It's meant to be like a day pack, but then the way it twists down into a packable like disc um, makes it super easy to be able to like you just throw it in your duffel bag or something oh, and okay. carry it with oh, it's you. Ultralight. Yeah, and so I would say out of out of the stuff that I've seen in the past year or so, 
Um, that's probably been the one that I've been like the most like, okay, this is a cool design. It's unique. It's different because super lightweight, like I said. So if you do throw it in a duffel bag, you're not going to feel an extra bag weight in there, mm. but then, um, you know, and it packs mm. down and perfect that's to just be able to like, amazing. you know, if you're traveling overseas and you want, don't want to bring a backpack with you or something you have, you can toss one in. Wow. That's a really cool design. I, I really like that you can yeah. pack it down. So the Matador Beast 28 Ultralight Technical Backpack for the audio listeners, yeah. if you want to take a look. And that's really cool. And they have an 18 liter as well, but um, I've only used the 28. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I should consider a packable bag in the future. That's, that's I've never tested one, to be quite honest. Um at least not to this kind of degree where you have a 28 liter backpack that you can fold down to the size of, I would say, a loaf of bread, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. It's right. probably like close to the di diameter of a, of a soccer ball or something, you know, oh, like yeah. when, it, mm -hmm. when it's packed down. Uh, but then it's, you know, probably eight inches across by i don't know two or three tall you know but super lightweight so that's cool can you yeah i mean yeah you you do a lot of walking and but you also have a lot of gear like your camera and probably i assume mm -hmm. your computer as well can you kind of walk us down what your typical loadout is for when you work because I, I imagine when you shoot a lot of content for overlanding, you are, let's say, in the wilderness or in the desert or stuff yeah. to shoot the perfect picture. Can you kind of walk us through what your backpack is looking like? I, I imagine you always also, you can't, probably can't pack everything, right? You kind of need to find a balance point in terms of what you are willing to move around the set, right? Or the, the location. Yeah. Can you walk us through what you pack and how you pack? Yeah. Um, so for, if I'm, if I'm going out on a, on a trip, like the one I'm, I'm coming up with, um, you know, I, I have my clothing duffel bag, which, um, again, I use the Matador Seg 45 on that one. And that one's, my go-to travel duffel bag now because it's segmented in. I think there's six different compartments that each have. Oh, that one. Like there's a, mm -hmm. a yeah, six liter, you know, they have different liter sizes. So you can pack like your pants in one, your shirts in another and kind of stay organized. And then like for me, when I, when I have a dirty item, you know, I can just stuff it in the, the bottom part of the duffel. So, so cool. when I'm living out of the truck and I don't have a ton of space, it's, it's really nice to be able to know, which pocket has which item and then I can just shove the dirties underneath and, yeah, and nothing yeah. gets commingled. Um, and it, it's built to, to take a beating. And so, you know, it can be in the back of a truck. It can be on the roof if need be, you know, like I can carry that. So that's my go-to clothing, um, bag. And then, um, this year for all my trips, I've either, <coughs> I've, I've, done either the pelican 1510 case and just had that um with me because it's easy just to you know have it open up you got your gear in there um or uh, the backpack that i've brought is the the naivo uh fjord 60c um you know about the same size mm -hmm. uh and carrying capacity as a as the pelican and so um but again built to take a beating and and you know i can toss it around and it's padded enough that nothing's going to get damaged in there and so mm. that's been my go-to camera bag um and usually in that i have uh a drone um two camera bodies and then several several lenses um mm. you know just depending on it's usually um on the full frame it's usually a 24 to 70, 70 and a 70 yeah. to 200 and yeah. then um on the micro four thirds it's it's the basically they're the 24 to 70 the, yeah. the 12 to 35 yeah. um, and i use that one mainly for video you're still using the lumix right 
Yep. Yeah, I'm full Lumix now. I think last time we talked, I was. You just bought it. it was I remember years ago. I was it, yeah. Sony to back to Nikon, and then um, I, I mean, I still love Nikon. It's yeah, amazing, same. but the video capabilities of the Nikon cameras just aren't aren't there yet. You know, Agreed. as far as everything goes, and so with what I'm shooting for work now, um, I really needed to have cameras that were both capable for photo needs and capable, you know, I could switch over and handheld, you know, the video stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the Lumix Ibis is, is absolutely insane. Um, yeah. so I, I have Great. the, the GH five two, which I'm in the process of trying to sell so I can get pick up a second full frame body. But, um, oh, I thought you want to the get the, the new one. Yeah, the, I thought about the G9 too. Yeah. Um, and my buddy Josh is using that one as just said like it's absolutely amazing. But I partly uh, I want to get a second S5 too just so that like I have two bodies I can yeah. use the same lenses on them, you know, I'm not yeah. I want to be as nimble as possible. Um yeah. and so having that would make things a little bit easier. Um and the S5 too is an absolutely amazing camera, you know, like being able to hand hold a 70 to 200 lens and shoot video on it and not, not have it be shaky is insane you know yeah so, agreed are you are um, you still happy with the the autofocus yeah yeah i mean that's um, something that a lot of reviews said that it's not that great but I, i'm not sure if they actually are, are correct i feel like it's so such a mixed Some reviewers say the autofocus is amazing. Some say it's meh. What's your yeah. opinion on that? For for me, it's it's been it's been fine. I mean, the last video um, that I shot with my buddy um, and his uh, Porsche 911, you know, that's what I, I use the the S5 with that. And yeah. you know, yeah, there's a few spots, but like also I'm shooting cars, and so uh, like I know like. Like it's just part of shooting that. Like you're not yeah. gonna have focus a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's nice to. I mean, I for what I need, the the Lumix stuff is is absolutely amazing. And so yeah. I never have been one to get too caught up on small details. Um, and like autofocus, I wouldn't say is a small detail, but it's one of those ones where it's like is the rest of your system doing what you need it to do mm. um you know and and you know canon has some great video capabilities but like their glass is so insanely expensive for what you yeah. get and then you know now they're not even going to allow you to use third-party lenses um they don't sony's oh, the same because way of I mean, the flange distance right you can't you can't um uh, yeah something like lenses. that yeah yeah that's right yeah but i, so I really stop, like, like your being approach. compatible with yeah i mean that's it's great that you moved what i like about how you look at it by moving from one brand to another to another i can tell that you consider cameras a tool and you're not like bound to one brand there's too much let's call it what it is too much fanboyism with some people yeah when it comes down to cameras, but also when it comes yeah. down to computers or to motorcycles or cars. And I feel yep. it's sometimes a little bit stupid. And I like that you did not hesitate to switch from one brand to the next one to see what fits the best for yourself. And I, I yeah. think more people should kind of think about that those things are tools And it's about you, how you use them instead of being like, oh, Sony is the best or Canon is yeah. the best or this is the best. So well, I like that. That's, that's the thing is, you know, it's like they all have have great, great things. But, you know, 90% of clients aren't going to tell, be able to yeah. tell what system you're using. Exactly. You know, like I would say I've been doing this long enough. Like now I can I can look at somebody's camera system, you know, like photos and be like, Oh, they're a Sony shooter or they're a, a, mm. a Canon shooter just by the colors that they're getting out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, even then, it's like, it really doesn't matter. And, you know, if, if I could do it, if I had the unlimited resources, I would have a, a full Canon system set up, you know, to shoot for specific things when I wanted those colors and those items, you know, and then I'd have mm. a, 
a Nikon thing for specific things because I love their colors and, and, you know, how that sensor works and stuff, but, yeah. you know, like all around, um, you know, and it, and it took a while. Like it, it was like, can I do what I need to do with what I have now? Like it, or is what I'm trying to do held back by the exactly. system, you know? And, and that's every time I've switched, it wasn't, you know, I tried to get out of that, like just having gear to have gear mentality. And, you know, when I left, I was, a cannon shooter for 10 years. And when I left that, it was because the dynamic range of the Nikon sensors was way better than uh, on, on Nikon was way better than Canon. And so like yeah. shooting weddings, being able to recover those shadows was, was key, yeah. you know, and, and being able to do that was, I was achieving the look that I wanted and able mm. to do what I needed to do better with Nikon than I could with Canon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when I switched to Sony, it was just because I was like, I really wanted to achieve a certain look. Um, and I just didn't like the interface of the system. It was too like clunky to use. Yeah. So I switched out of that back to, to Nikon again. Um, and I'd had a couple, I'd had a Lumix camera before for like video and some photo mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and, and absolutely loved it. And, when I sold it, I really missed the video capabilities of the Lumix camera. Um, yeah, you know, the fact that. that you can shoot for an hour, you know, and you're not limited to a 20 minute <laughs> time frame. you know, it's like that, that's awesome, you yeah. know? And then just like, even, even from there, I had the G85, you know, like this was, you know, years ago that, that camera you could handhold and it had amazing, you know, stabilization, you know? Yeah. So like, they've just been ahead of the game, I think in that realm for so long that, um you know it's and the price of the s5 too with yeah, the quality amazing. and the capabilities that it has yeah. are just insane you know exactly. so um yeah i think i think that they're they're killing it and um but yeah i'm not i'm not loyal to any one brand um you know but i, like I, I, I love little things about each one but hey you just got to use what what you got to do to to make exactly. the, the products you have to you know exactly no, a good segue, actually. What's the tools that you use? What's basically your um, favorite or most essential EDC item that you... Let's do it too. Your most essential EDC item for every day, but also the okay. most important EDC tool, item or whatever that you always bring onto a job? Oh, um, so my my everyday is the, the James brand um, Carter here. Oh, that's um, the green one I with just, the orange. Oh, that one is amazing. Yeah. It looks yeah. cool. I know it's, it was beautiful. So I had to, I had to pick it up. Um, but I've, I've carried this, you know, I have several James brand knives and you know, having a, a pocket knife is just, you know, one of those things like now I feel almost naked if I don't have it, you know, like when I have to fly somewhere, I'm like, oh, crap, where is it? You know, so um, it's just nice to to have, you know, like, yeah. it, I never thought if you would have asked me five years ago, I would be like, I'm not going to I don't carry pocket knives because I'm going to lose them. Mm. But it was like probably about three years ago that I kind of started getting into them a little more, um, you know, bought like a. $80 one. And I was like, sweet, almost lost that one, but found it again. Um, and then I bought a James brand one and I've never lost any of them. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, and I'm not, again, back to the gear thing. Like I don't need to buy a $500 knife to feel complete. They, they're beautiful and stuff, but like 90% of the time I'm, I'm opening a box, you know, with it or something. Um, you know, occasionally it'll be like, I've, like I was at a dinner one time and they didn't bring me a steak knife. And so I just, you know, <laughs> pulled this out, you know, um, amazing. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, so that's probably my like most like used everyday essential. I want to have a, a pocket knife with me. Um, but like when I'm traveling, I actually have a, it's a Gerber. Um, I don't know the actual name of it, but oh, it's the like TSA a multi friendly um, one. Yeah. Yep. And it's yeah. got, um bits you know socket bits in there and stuff so i can use it to tighten stuff on my cameras yeah um you know various things so it's you know i don't use it all the time 
but it's come in so handy because yeah i've been able to use it to trim cables or you know just do things that i i haven't thought about um Good. so those those two are probably like my my go-to's um mm. as far as like tools um but i'm going to throw throw one extra one in there my my one item that i would never be able to live without is my power bank um that's a huge the, one can you yeah this is the the lion energy eclipse um okay and these are like you can you can charge your, your oh, phone it's a, it's a, send it on there G-Shot. airpods watch if you have it yeah um but like i it'll charge my phone from like 30 to 90 in probably like 20 minutes yeah um and then i can charge my laptop off of it i can charge yeah. batteries like you know, it's a little bit bigger than I would like, but the, the amount of power that I get out of it has been super nice because, you know, sometimes you're out in the field and you don't have a way to charge stuff. Um, so that's my like, it goes with me. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I'm just going to the coffee shop, it's like, what if I can't get an outlet, you know, for a while? And you know how it is when you're trying yeah, to edit a exactly. few more photos, like your battery just exactly. <laughs> goes out. So, so he- those are my... Those are my EDC, I guess you could call it. Any odd item that you always bring? For instance, I've recently seen uh, one EDC video where that person always carries Sour Patch gummies. <laughs> or uh, um, who was it? one of my guests always had like wet wipes. Any, any curious item that you... Anything um, that's peculiar, that's not... That's a little for a bit while, out of the ordinary. Yeah, for a while, um, I was carrying like those little dental floss picks. Oh, um, like, like I would keep one really in my useful. wallet. <laughs> yeah, but I had a I had a, a filling that had broke, and oh, but it was trapped yeah. between two teeth. So no matter what I ate, it was it would just catch it. You know, until, oh, until yeah. I could get that fixed, it was constantly uh, an issue. So I always had one um in there but now that i haven't fixed i haven't been doing that as much so um but that would be I my like one that. thing is you never know when you're going to need that so having something in your wallet or a bag you know is always nice but it's also good if you ever get into handcuffs and you need to pick to the handcuffs right <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i wonder if those would work they might not be strong enough but they might work who knows <laughs> <laughs> so i have one last question and this is i i i was keeping that question for the last 20 minutes because i know this could be a longer discussion and for everyone this is not a back um centric question and i want to ask you this or i want to talk to you about this because i know you are a star wars fan as well (laughs) it's a star wars question okay i want to talk to you about the current state of star wars and i love star wars or it kind of pains me to say it i used to love star wars and i kind of want to talk to you as a fellow star wars fan (laughs) what's your opinion on the current state of star wars do you like it don't you like it or are you in the same boat as i am and wonder why does star wars suck at the moment (laughs) i have my opinion but I kind of want to talk to you about it. <laughs> okay. Um, it's interesting. I, I had this conversation um, with somebody the other day because, um, I mean, you know, Disney, there's a new Star Wars show every other month, basically exactly. now. Um, yeah. And some are good. Some are not great. Um, we actually got rid of our Disney Plus subscription a couple months ago just to, like, save some money for a bit. And mm. um, we cut down on a lot of them. Uh, but... uh and then Ahsoka came out and apparently it's amazing, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those where I was coming about, so I'm, I just turned 39 and when I was in middle school, you know, like early teens, that's when, you know, the, the, uh, a Phantom Menace came out and, Before that, we had gotten the special editions in yeah, the theaters. Yeah, the remaster. And I remember, I remember watching those in the theaters and being so like at the time I was just so excited to see them. And now you see them and you're like, that CGI is awful. Yeah, like, that's where the decline kind of started. 
exactly. And um, and then, and then the Phantom Menace came out, and I was so young and just so excited to be able to like have my own Star Wars in the theaters and stuff mm-hmm. that like I didn't care. Like I wasn't, I was there to be entertained, you know, yeah. and. I was entertained by it. And and now like I just watched the Phantom Menace the other day and it was like painful to see some of the acting, you know, and stuff. But it's like, I think sometimes, sometimes we get so caught up in the nostalgia of the original trilogy for us that, and it had this mystique that we were like, oh my gosh. And it it changed cinema, you know, like how, how we filmed and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. it changed cinema. And so there's just like, this idea and this nostalgia and this just glorification of it to the point where we are unable to enjoy just for the sake of enjoyment, you know, like we may watch, um, family guy or, you know, a cartoon show and just being entertained. Mm. Whereas like we, we go to star Wars and we start analyzing like little things, you know, it's like, you know, we look at Jar Jar Binks and how annoying he was. And it's like, mm. well, if you if you really consider like Yoda was really annoying too. like his character when True. Luke first meets him in Empire. I mean, his his accent, his the way he spoke, the way he acted like it was just annoying and childish. But mm. we've built him up to this character of, you know, greatness. And, you know, so if we if we can go back to who we were as children and watch it with those kind of eyes, I think we would enjoy things a lot more. Um, But then again, there's things where it's like, I was so excited for the book of Boba Fett because that is, you know, for years, that was my favorite character. And it was just, it was awful. Like the story was bad and that's what I couldn't get around. Like I, I, I wanted to enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it, but the story was so bad that I was like, this is, I, I, I can't enjoy this one. Yeah. But then like the Mandalorian was fantastic. Yeah. You know, I love that was show. Great. Andor um, was also great. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then, then there's the other, the films like um, the solo movie, like so many people got so worked up on that one. And it's like, we could have had a whole trilogy of Han Solo's story, you know, just based on that. If we had just relaxed and like enjoyed it, like no one's going to live up to Harrison Ford. That actor did a damn good job of trying, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's, it's just, we kind of have to realize that we have this mentality of star Wars is going to be something better than what it is. And not all of them are going to be a hit, but if we can just enjoy it, like, this is a this is a fantastic time to be a Star Wars fan because you have basically a series one after another to watch and immerse yourself more and more into the universe. And, mm. um, you know, they're they're learning how to figure it out, too. You know, like um, it's it's some people could have looked at Rogue One and been like, this is an awful movie. Like it doesn't fit the canon or it doesn't do this. But I thought Rogue One was one of the best Star Wars films. I loved it. Yeah. Ever made. You know, like the story was amazing. The character development, the the set design, like everything was fantastic. Um, But, you know, like they very well could have flopped that one um, with one bad casting, you know. So um, I think I think we just like I say this to myself, too, like we need to just go back and, and like not put star wars up on this pedestal of like greatness but also just be like hey let's just in- enjoy it for the fun of getting to enjoy it you know like mm. if i was an eight-year-old boy and watching this would i be worked up over the story or would i be like dang that character's cool i want to be like him you know mm. like that's my halloween costume i like i like your perspective a lot uh, i think i'm to some degree now I catch myself also putting Star Wars sometimes on a too high pedestal and kind of having this nostalgia uh, goggles on and therefore kind of being a little bit harsh on it. But I totally, I agree with you on being, if you are not too deep into it, it's a great time to enjoy Star Wars. But I totally agree with you in terms of the book of Boba Fett 
what I really criticize about that series is I felt that every second episode was a filler episode and the story was bloated and not well thought out and that yeah. really annoyed me so much especially considering the Mandalorian the characters were at least the first season was so fleshed out then in yeah. the last season it was I don't know what happened. They kind of yeah, tried to face him out. Choppy. It was weird. Yeah, it, and I, I see what you mean about Han Solo. What my issue was with Han Solo was there wasn't the the only enemy that Han Solo and his team had was time, because it was basically a heist movie without a proper villain. It was just. Uh, running or searching after MacGuffin, after MacGuffin, after MacGuffin, while time is an issue. And yeah. I felt, I asked myself when I left the cinema, I was, okay, if this wasn't Star Wars, if this was a regular heist movie, would I have been entertained? And my answer was back then, when I, right at the moment when I left the cinema, I was like, no. This there was something missing. I, I know there was there was a villain, but he wasn't. He didn't feel like a threat, you know. He was yeah. there for two scenes, maybe three scenes that were impactful, but still he wasn't impactful. And I'm missing the the proper use of the universe. There's so much potential in Star Wars, and I've, it seems to me that they don't utilize the whole universe and the whole every character they don't utilize it properly instead they take our favorite characters be it obi-wan or be it boba fett and then they okay let's take that character and let let's make one single plot but fill it up with a bunch of episodes to make 10 episodes out of it yeah i hated that yeah as i see what you're saying about about that like if they took time like they're just trying to make money off of it by of pushing course. content yeah. out you know because yeah, of course obviously the more content the more toys you can put out and the more merchandise and all that, that stuff looked, yeah but um it'd be really nice if if you know the films per se were spread out a bit so it was like mm. really fleshed out more um yeah i just you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it is disappointing. And I think one thing that we could see that could like really benefit the universe would be like a full on, like rated R star Wars for like, oh, that would be amazing. Like some, some sort of exploration of the yeah. dark side. And yeah. I mean, what was cool. the, the last Jedi or um, the rise of Skywalker? Like that one got pretty dark towards the end. Yeah. And if they took something like that and just kind of made it more so, you know, where it was like, I mean, like, what if Christopher Nolan directed a Star Wars or something, you know, like, yeah. that would be in insane, you know, like, but <clears throat> I think it would it would give something to the universe that's a little different. Um, that's why I like Andor. I, f I felt that yeah. Andor was a little bit edgy and not clear cut. This is good and this is evil. But it was, it was a gray zone. It was, I liked that a lot. It had character. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing that. And that would be amazing to lean towards an R-rated Star Wars movie. Not a series. A movie would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just like one backstory of, of somebody, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, you know, like even if they explored Vader a little more, you know, like, yeah. I mean he went he i mean he was the lord of the sith like he's super dark why not mm. why not just go and see him like destroy you know worlds and like slaughter children yeah. and stuff like that you know like he kind of already did it you know so we just didn't see it so why not like mm. just see this like super dark vader where he's feeding feeding the dark side yeah, yeah instead of that turmoil of oh i should be good i should you know my my kids whatever it's like just let's let's see Vader as a hundred percent Vader, and then yeah. you know, just it's watch him deteriorate. It's a shame to know that they have 
<coughs> people like Kevin Feige in the roster of of people that could create that are creating amazing universes and have not someone like build out a plan for a Star Wars universe that is not based on series but also gives enough room to yeah have a character arc it would be amazing to have three Darth Vader movies or something dark and then something light as well and then meet up in a seventh movie so three movies of this three movies of that and then a final battle in the seventh movie that would be amazing yeah. and yeah. they have the potential for that it's such a shame and I'm kind of fearful not fearful because I already see it happening that people are exhausted about Star Wars. You see it with Marvel. Yeah. People are already exhausted yeah. about Marvel movies. And I'm I love Marvel movies, but I'm kinda kinda bored a little bit, yeah. Quite honest. Well, even even, you know, the last two, it was just like I mean, I'm not talking like the Guardians of the Galaxy one, but like the last two in that original phase one or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was like I know that they finished it off, so I watched them, but I was like, so we're going to get a bad guy. The world's going to almost end. They're going to, like, destroy a bunch of, you know, city stuff, and then they're going to defeat him. Cool, that's the story. You know, like, the the story never changed, you know, yeah. among those. Um, and then after they were all done, my wife and I went back through and watched them um, chronologically, you yeah. know, as they were supposed to be. And the whole thing made a lot more sense. It was a lot more enjoyable um but yeah i was just like yeah i'm over i'm over the marvel movies like i don't i don't care about any of those characters anymore yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's over overdone yeah. so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i totally agree i like your <laughs> i like that you gave me a little bit more of a perspective in terms of how to approach the star wars maybe i i will try ashoka ashoka is that yeah. the name of the new series yeah I didn't yeah. want to watch it, but maybe I try it later and kind of switch off my brain in terms of putting it on a high pedestal <laughs> and just being the the tiny bow that that watched Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> on VHS. Well, what did you think of um of the Clone Wars series, like the cartoons? I actually didn't. No, that's not true. I started watching it, and but I made the mistake. I didn't watch it the way people are suggesting or recommending to watch it. And if I'm correct, there is a specific order or where you should start. But I started with the first season, okay. and it just it didn't catch me. But people are like raving about. I'm not sure. Is it the third? season where you're supposed to start or i don't know when clone wars actually start i'm not sure i was kind yeah. of confused to be quite honest because there's so much isn't it like rebels clone wars yeah and everything is kind of connected to each other I'm not yeah sure. i never i never got into them either but and that was where i kind of like when the cartoon happened i was like that's not star wars you know like yeah there was the like early cartoons like Ewoks and droids and things like that, the movies, you know, but like the having it be on like Cartoon Network or whatever it was on, you know, I was like, this isn't Star Wars. And so I never watched mm. it. And so there was a lot of like Star Wars canon that kind of happened. And like, that's coming out now. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like like the Ahsoka character. It's from Rebels, right? Or from yeah. Clone Wars? Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting how, you know, some of these characters who have become big characters are from that cartoon series. And I'm exactly. like, I wish I knew their background a little more, you know, mm. but I don't want to go watch a whole cartoon series. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't have I time actually started, I started listening to one audiobook. Um, it's the blue guy, Thrawn. Yeah. Um, I tried, I listened to it completely, but in the middle always got a little bit lost because it became a little very political like in episode one yeah and um it was hard for me 
sometimes to listen to because I had to kind of rewind and restart the, the chapter because I just, you know, when, when your brain kind of phases out yep. and you, you listen, you listen, you listen and you hear the words, but then if someone asks you what happened, you're like, I have no clue. <laughs> and yeah. that happened to me when I listened to Thrawn. Um, I recognized that it is a very good story, but there were so many parts in the story where I got lost a little bit. Yeah. And that's a shame because yeah. so many people are raving about that character. And I, yeah, I can yeah, see I, it. I read those yeah. books years ago, like yeah. back, back in, you know, the late nineties, you know, or whatever they, when they first came out, I read those books and I barely remember them, but I remember the character of Thrawn and then uh, Mara Jade and stuff. And there's like some really cool characters that came out mm -hmm. of that series. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, they were a little bit harder to to get into. Yeah, but it's I totally agree with you to to bring it to to a conclusion. You're totally right. I think I will start watching the <clears throat> new series with a with a open mind let's yeah. say that way with a from from the perspective of of a child maybe that that helps maybe then it yeah. catches me a little bit more <laughs> yeah i should i should too because i kind of have done the same thing like i said i got rid of disney plus because i was like i don't want to see anything for a while you know so i'm honestly i'm thinking about the same um because i have i have prime i have netflix and i have disney plus and most of netflix and disney plus is kind of boring me but i've seen so many cool apple plus series or commercials yeah. that i kind of <laughs> am considering canceling netflix and disney plus and getting either paramount or apple plus because on paramount there were also a few series that kind of looked interesting not yeah. sure yet it's getting so expensive all we, we did apple service. plus and yeah. there's some really good series on apple plus yeah so like like uh the series invasion that is we're all about know. that series okay. right now invasion how much is yeah. apple plus at the moment is it like nine nine dollars per month or is it more Maybe. expensive than that we we got like a three month free thing so oh, sometimes cool. i do like promotions where you can get three months free yeah 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 so yeah i wanted i wanted to see ted lasso um, oh that was good too the trailer is so funny and i, oh, I it's really amazing. yeah 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 i think we watched yeah. it twice like the whole series we really is so, that yeah good? yeah we watched okay. it and then we got caught up before the third season came out or whatever so we went back and watched it again um but yeah sad that that one's not going on further but uh yeah there's some good stuff on apple plus so it's definitely at least worth grabbing for a, yeah, a short yeah. bit and I started this new uh, audiobook that is called Wool. And uh, there is a new series on Apple Plus that's called Silo that's based on those books. And I'm currently still okay. reading, in air quotes, uh, on Audible, uh, that book series. And that's really <laughs> good. I'm, I'm totally into dystopian kind of stories. And that yeah. story, um, yeah. that series or that story is about how humanity survives in a silo. And yeah. how they kind of discover kind of secret stuff. I'm in the, in the beginning of the book at the moment, so I'm not sure. But it is really interesting. Um, nice. Yeah. All right. So I will cancel Netflix tomorrow, <laughs> and then I will get Apple Plus, I guess, if I get... get <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Thank you yeah. so much for joining me on this podcast. When, uh, Where can people find you if they want to look? for what all of your content and all oh. of your stuff um mostly on instagram just at matt richer r-i-t-s-c-h-e-r um that's where i post a lot of stuff i have a very 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 small youtube channel that's you know the occasional bag review or something on there um same name but mostly just on instagram there um so yeah, and if you want to see more of the the truck stuff, that's uh the business that I work for is called um, Tactical Application Vehicles, T A V L L C, and you can see a lot of the content I shoot on the on that one. So that that name sounds 
so intimidating to be quite honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. anything with tactical that, it's, yeah it's more like the mindset of yeah. you know you have to be tactful about how you do things so um <laughs> yeah but uh all right yeah, so that's, that's where it is thank you so much match uh, it was a pleasure having you here and everyone follow Matt on Instagram and on YouTube, but also on Karyology, right? Yeah, yeah. Occasionally I'll All have right. stuff coming out on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we hear you in the next episode. Thank you very much.